Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Do you remember a couple weeks ago you did an episode on family curses? No, I don't remember. You don't remember that? It <laughs> <laughs> was a long time ago. A so lot much has happened. happened. <laughs> no, I do. I know, I know. Evil Eye. Evil Eye, family, family curses. curses and all that. I, I kind of said there at the end that I actually think there's a curse in my family. I know you left us with a big cliffhanger. I know. And then, but I didn't quite understand how it all worked. How, yeah, what all of it was. So. I did go and talk to my mom and she told me the whole story. So here's how my family curse worked out. This is a little addendum to oh, your good. stories from two weeks ago. Yes, I'm, I was hoping to get the recap on all of that. So this is on my mother's father's side of the family. So my mother's dad. Um, his family came over from Finland in like the 1870s. And um, they ended up moving out to the Blue Mountains of Eastern Oregon. And the oldest son was named John Peter. I'm not going to give a last name because oh, yeah. I have not cleared this with any of these relatives. And oh. luckily for us, they don't listen to the show. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't tell any of my relatives I, yeah, either I don't, I about don't, the show. Exactly. I keep it on the down low. Yeah. I don't want many people to hear it. So No. <laughs> <laughs> Great so, way of marketing. The, the... I thought so. I thought so. So um, this actually starts in 1912. Now, it might even go back further than this, but this is as far back as we know. Okay. This curse exists, and we don't know it's a curse, but it's just weird. Okay, so my grandfather, his oldest brother, John Peter, died in 1912 in an avalanche. Yes. Okay. Okay. Their sister, my grandfather and John, their sister, Helen, um, she had three kids. All three were boys. Her one son, John, like John Peter, John Linden, died in 1920 he only lived for three days he was a baby when he passed away right so helen was left with randolph and russell okay so the next so that's two generations right and two johns randolph had three kids he had judy janet and james patrick james died in a plane crash in 1969 now none of these men that died ever had got married or had kids no marriage, no kids. No marriage, no kids. And did he die in the avalanche on Mount Hood? Or was it? No, it was know? in the Blue Mountains. Oh, okay. in the Blue Mountains. Yeah. Sorry. So it goes, John Peter died in 1912 in an avalanche. Um, his sister, Helen, her son died in 1920 after just three days of life. Two Johns gone. Then her son, Randolph, had three kids. His son, James, so we go from John to James, died in a plane crash in 1969. Never married, no kids. Randolph's daughter, Janet, has three kids, Matt, Kristen, and Douglas James. So James Patrick and Douglas James. And Douglas James died in a car accident in 1993. Ooh, stay away from the J names. Or Johns, yeah. Or, yeah. Never married, no kids. So mm. her two kids, now if it's going through that line, yeah. her two kids that are left are Matt and Kristen. Matt has a son named Willie and a daughter named Annie. And Kristen has two daughters, Emma Elizabeth and Jeremiah Joseph. 
Uh oh. No. <laughs> so Stay far, away from the J names. Everyone's still alive. Okay. And Jeremiah Joseph is only about seven. I think he'll be eight this year. So that is how it's gone down. Now we're not saying anyone's gonna die, but we just that it's a four generation male dying in various different ways, kind of freaky and, accidents. And Plane no crash, kids. car accident, avalanche. They weren't married. They didn't have kids. Yeah, the baby died no only after a few days. But John, John, James, James. Yeah. And then Jeremiah, Joseph, or maybe. And I'm not trying to say there is anything ever is going to happen to Jeremiah. No, that's spooky, though. I, yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that is the weird legacy in my yeah. family of male deaths through the years. That's crazy. Any other signs that go with that? Um, um, have there been there other a, things? So my grandfather was one of 10 kids and his other sister, Ida, had a boy that died, but my mom couldn't remember the circumstances around that. Um, <clears throat> so that's all I really know. That's been the strongest thing and, that I'm aware of. And they've died at young ages. Young ages and in freaky waves. And freaky waves. And we've yeah. had other people who've died, but yeah. like uh, sickness or mm -hmm. overdose or something like that. But it's not... It's not like a freak accident. Life cut short right. kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. And do they think it's a curse? Have I've never they talked to that? this leg okay. of the family about yeah. it. And we yeah. still, most of them are still alive. So, I mean, I could ask them. But mm -hmm. I would imagine it's not a comfortable topic. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't even like to think yeah. about that possibility, yeah. Yeah. to be honest. Because sure. then you can kind of like jinx yourself. Oh, right. I'm jinxing myself. Right, right. So, anyway, that's well, how that plays sharing. out of my family. So um, this last couple of weeks or so, um, I left all these relatives behind in Oregon and I <laughs> yes. I went on a little bit of a vacation. I took a vacation to the Southwest United States, which is great because it's super haunted and very paranormal part of the country. So as you can expect, Carol, I felt right at home there. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so I started out in Phoenix Okay. Uh, as I went down there for a massage class that I was taking. But after my class was over, uh, the Rock flew down to Phoenix as well as my sister and my brother-in-law, and we took this road trip. The first place we went to was Tombstone, Arizona. And I know I've talked about mm -hmm. Tombstone before. Yeah. So here's my story from my travels um, back in uh, May. So for those of you who are not familiar with Tombstone, it is the location of the OK Corral and the famous shootout between infamous lawmen Wyatt Earp, Morgan Earp, Virgil Earp, their friend Doc Holliday, and the McLowry brothers, Tom and Frank, and another guy named Billy Clayton. And for those of you who don't know the story, I won't go into a great amount of detail right now, but just to give you a brief synopsis, there have been a lot of mounting tension between the Earp brothers and the outlaw gang, quote-unquote, the Cowboys, that the McLowry brothers and Billy Clayton belong to. The Earps were in charge of maintaining the peace and order in the wild west town of Tombstone, Arizona, and the cowboy criminals were in charge of destroying said peace. But finally, on October 26, 1881, Tombstone town marshal Virgil Earp recruited his brothers Wyatt and Morgan and their friend Doc Holliday to approach the McLowrys and Billy Clayton to alleviate them of their weapons as they were enforcing a no-carrying-of-firearms-within-the-town-limits law. Oh. This confrontation led to the deaths of the McLowry brothers and Billy Clayton at the OK Corral. The Earps were investigated for the murders of the brothers and Clayton, but they were eventually acquitted. The Earps claimed self-defense and the evidence did not suggest otherwise. This enraged the Cowboys' gain, and on more than one occasion, they publicly threatened to kill the Earps and Doc Holliday. 
A few months later in December, the Cowboys attempt to make good on their promise when the town marshal, Virgil Earp, was shot in the arm and left badly wounded. Following this assassination attempt, the Cowboys got further revenge on March 18, 1882, when Morgan Earp was shot to death as he played pool at the Campbell and Hatch Billiard Parlor. The next day, Wyatt rounded up a group of men and went after the Cowboy game members to avenge his brother, knocking off one by one until they were all dead. No one was ever arrested or prosecuted for Morgan's murder, nor the murders of the Cowboy gang members. So eye for an eye, apparently. Yes. It was the Wild Wild West. It was the Wild Wild West, man. Everything (laughs) goes. Anything goes. goes. (laughs) Yep. I love the movie Tombstone, too. Yeah, so good. good. Today, the Campbell and Hatch Billiard Parlor is the Red Buffalo Trading Company. And to continue with the mystique of the Earp legend, they still have a billiard table at the back of the store and some paintings on the wall of Morgan Earp playing pool with his back in the frame with a bullet hole piercing it. Wow. I went to the Red Buffalo Trading Company because on our tour of the town, we took a trolley car tour and our guide told us that the rough Red Buffalo was super haunted, probably mm. because it was the scene of the murder of Morgan Earp. That makes sense. The tour guide told us that the employees at the Red Buffalo experienced paranormal activity in the store on a daily basis. Really? So away we went to hear all these ghost stories that the Red Buffalo Trading Company had to offer. However, Carol, when we arrived, we asked the lady running the store about the ghost stories. She looked at me quite puzzled and said, who told you we have ghosts? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I know. I explained it was a trolley car driver, and she just shook her head and said, I'm going to have to talk to him about that. <laughs> she goes, we have never had ghosts here. I spent the night in this shop, and nothing has ever happened, ever. Oh, we have to talk to the <laughs> other shop manager. <laughs> Remember guess. we ran into that um, up in Pendleton? We went into a place, and the gal was like, I'll talk to you, but don't ever mention ghosts to the owner because oh, they don't like she that. doesn't believe in yeah, ghosts. Yeah, she doesn't want that associated the, with her establishment. But the place was definitely haunted. So, yeah, that's that's right. That's what they say. Yeah. It's not haunted, you know. So yeah. I guess this wasn't a true ghost story, but just a gimmick <laughs> to get me into their store. That's crazy. <laughs> that trolley It worked, guy. though. It worked. Yeah. So, but I do know that the Birdcage Theater, also in Tombstone, is supposedly very haunted. And mm-hmm. I did talk about the Birdcage Theater in episode 77 of our podcast. Yes. But because it was part of my vacation, I'm going to talk about it a little bit again. Sure. The Birdcage Theater uh, was a brothel and a saloon back in the day, and probably the oldest, most authentic building still standing in Tombstone today, as many of the other buildings in town were destroyed by fire and then rebuilt, but not the Birdcage. The Birdcage Theater opened on December 26, 1881, so the day after Christmas. Nice. At first, it's thought to be a respectable theater with acts that would appeal to women and children, but ultimately the owners caved and gave the people of Tombstone what they really wanted. Poker, booze, sex, and debauchery. <laughs> and I think it's so respectful of them to open the day after Christmas <laughs> right. and not on or before Christmas. Right. Well, we got to you know? worship Jesus' birthday. We yes. don't want to step on that. Take away his thunder. Um, It was a town full of miners after all. So the birdcage was the meeting place of many a rough and tumble miner who had blown in off the mountains after a long day searching for metals. The ceiling, bar, and floor of the birdcage are adorned with over 140 bullet holes from all of the shooting of guns, murders, and such. (laughs) That's fascinating. Yeah. In fact, at least 26 people have been said to have died in the theater via gun or knife fight. The really? birdcage consists of a stage along with 12 private boxes along the sides of the theater with chair seats in front. 
the ladies of the night would close the curtains to their private boxes so they could properly entertain their male patrons. The stage attracted acts such as seniors, comedians, cross-dressers, female quote-unquote strong women, and magicians. In fact, one magician nearly died when he claimed he could catch a bullet with his teeth, and one oh. of the audience members pulled out his gun to test his claim for himself. <laughs> <laughs> not that gun, my magic yeah. gun. <laughs> this guy was not part of the act, and the uh, magician was like, uh, no, sir, that's okay. Yeah. The birdcage is also known to host the longest poker game in history. The buy-in was $1,000, and it lasted for eight years. No, it didn't. Yes, it eight did. years? That's what they say. The players included George Hurst, Diamond Jim Brady, Adolphus Bush of Anweiser Bush fame, Doc Holliday, Bat Masterson, and White Earp. It is said that it was played 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then during its span, about $10 million was gambled about. Now, I'm not exactly sure how they can play for 24 hours a day. Some day. I mean, you got to eat and sleep sometime. Yeah. So something was amiss with the story. It just is one of those, I yeah. caught a fish this big mm-hmm. type of a thing. I mean, that's but, a problem when mm-hmm. you do research online. You're going off the articles and assuming they did their research. But a lot but, of yeah. them are just recycling old stuff. stories right. from other sites that didn't do their research. So things I, change. It's like yeah. the game of telephone, right? Yeah. Well, and I have vision too that they probably just had a mm-hmm. poker table that they played at every night yeah or had like stand-ins or substitutes yeah, like and, if and they were out sick yeah, or something yeah that they just showed up every night and yeah. that was they did oh it's the longest poker game ever played it's like yeah we'll see yeah so um anyway uh when the boom of the mining town eventually died out so did the birdcage closing in 1892 the building had as much of its original structure artifacts and furniture as possible from those days as well as some ghosts. Said to be haunted by the spirits of the former prostitutes and cowboys, the Birdcage Theater is home to a lady in white that employees have seen all over the theater. They also hear the sounds of poker being played late at night when everyone is gone. Employees have been touched, they've heard disembodied voices, and they've even seen naked ladies walking through the theater and disappearing into walls. Oh. I did not take a tour of the Birdcage this time, but I've done it before. It's just a cool old building with a ton of interesting history and apparently some interesting ghosts. Okay, so the next place that we went to was the town of Jerome, Arizona, which is one of my most favorite places on the planet. Yeah, you were telling me. It's cool. It's a cool place. It was another mining town incorporated in 1899 in which they largely mined for copper, but the mine also produced gold and silver. Jerome sits on the side of Cleopatra Hill, which is 5,000 feet above sea level, with spectacular views of the Painted Desert all the way to Sedona, Arizona. Jerome turned out to be the richest copper deposit discovery in the world. However, the town was close to abandoned in 1953 when the deposits ran out and the miners moved away. Eventually, the town became a legit ghost town until the few remaining residents were able to turn it into a tourist attraction and established it on the list of National Historic Landmarks. Today, Jerome is a booming tourist town, complete with restaurants, bars, retail shops, art galleries, wine tasting rooms, parks, paranormal tours, and historical mining tours. Sign me up. It's cool. It's very cool. They really play up the ghost theme. We, of course, ate at the Haunted Hamburger Restaurant, (laughs) which is haunted by the ghosts that (laughs) like to steal hammers from the work crew that renovated the place. Other businesses exploiting the creepy theme of the town include the Jerome Ghost Pepper Company, the Ghost City Inn, which is a bed and breakfast, the Asylum Restaurant, the Wicked City Saloon, the Spirit Room, and the Turquoise Spider. 
I love the names of the rooms that they have. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Yeah, it's very cute. And of course, they had paranormal tours, ghost tours, that type of thing. Though the whole town is filled with ghostly and paranormal lore, the most haunted of these buildings is the Jerome Grand Hotel. Built in 1926, the hotel was originally the United Verde Hospital, named after the company that owned the mines. The hospital was built to care for the miners injured in the mines. It stayed in operation until 1950, which was about the time the entire town shut down due to the mines closing. The hospital was mostly boarded up and left alone until 1994 when it was bought by a New York businessman named Larry Alter, who decided to move to Jerome to pursue his love of art. He decided to renovate the hospital and turn it into a grand hotel. In the book Haunted Jerome by Patricia Jacobson and Midge Stuber, Larry's girlfriend at the time said that before renovations of the hospital began, she and Larry had walked around in the hospital. He wandered away from her for a while, but when she found him again, he was crying. He couldn't even talk. He was so upset. Later in the day, she got him to talk about what was wrong. He said as he was walking around the hospital, he came to a room in which he remembered that years before he had died of a chest wound. What? Yeah, he said he just knew it, which is probably what compelled him to buy the place in the first place, you know? Yeah. Interestingly enough, Larry would die again in 1996, only two years later. I'm not sure what he died of in 1996, but perhaps that is why he felt compelled to buy the old hospital because he had been there before in a past life. So the hospital, during its 24 years in operation, was the host to over 9,000 deaths, with a long list of people dying way too soon. Mining accidents, illnesses, and suicides were the main causes of death in Jerome, and not all the deaths were of miners. Two maintenance men hung themselves in the boiler room of the hospital. Oh, not the boiler room. Mm, yeah, it's always the boiler room. A few people jumped to their deaths from the roof. One was even in a wheelchair at the time. An apparition of a young boy, ghost cats, and disembodied faces and voices had been seen within the walls of the hospital slash hotel. I like ghost cats. I do too. I would like a ghost cat. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, another ghost said to haunt the mirrors of the hotel is that of maintenance worker Claude Harvey. Claude had gotten himself involved with a nurse at the hospital and apparently might have said something to the wrong people about how this nurse was being treated at the hospital. His body was discovered at the bottom of the elevator shaft, his decapitated head under the elevator. Gross. Oh. I know, really. No one believed it was an accident as Claude was very good around elevators and a very astute handyman. The rumor was that he was murdered and then placed under the elevator to make it look like an accident. I think it's funny you said he's very good around elevators. Like you have to have skill to, <laughs> well, you know, operate an elevator. I think if you're in a Maybe shaft, you got to know how to look up to see okay. if an elevator is coming. That's true. Yeah. One of the maids and a few of the hotel guests have seen Claude's face, black and blue, bloody and dismembered, oh. floating in the mirrors of the hotel. Oh. Or is that their reflection? Maybe. <laughs> it's the lighting. Another interesting story was that of a maid who was cleaning out one of the rooms of the hotel after checkout. She saw a man walk down the hall to one of the empty rooms dressed in a shirt, jeans, and a ball cap. She decided to follow him to see if he had forgotten something. But when she entered the room, he was nowhere to be found. There was no other way out of the room other than the way she entered, so the maid didn't know what to make of it and shrugged it off. So a few weeks later, the maid was called to that exact same room that she saw the man in the baseball cap wander into. A couple was staying in this room, and the man had collapsed on the ground. 
Two other guests were giving him CPR. When the maid got to the room, she recognized him as the man she had seen two weeks earlier wearing the exact same outfit. Oh, He wow. died right there in that room and his spirit had visited just a few weeks before. Essentially, what she is saying is that she saw this man, clear as day, solid apparition, walk down the hall and into a room after everybody else had left and he was wearing t-shirt jeans and a baseball cap. Yeah. She went in to see if she could help him with anything and he was gone. Well, okay, that's weird. I mean, she does work in a haunted hotel, so perhaps. But then, two weeks later, this couple's staying in that very room, and she hears yelling, and she goes down there, and another couple, who I think were doctors, were in there, and the guy has collapsed, and they're giving him CPR. T-shirt, jeans, ball cap, exactly what she saw. So she's basically saying his spirit visited here two weeks before his death. Yeah, or she had a premonition. Or she had a premonition, but... Maybe she saw his spirit going, this is a good place to go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe your higher self picks out where you're going to die. I that is so bizarre. Right. Because usually we've heard stories of when you're dying, your spirit is out of your body and people can see your spirit at yeah. that point. Yeah. But not ahead of your death. So. Very interesting though. Isn't I want to hear people's theories on this. Yeah. Because that's unusual. It I is think. unusual. Good so. story. Yeah, good stories. So I got those from that um, Haunted uh, Jerome book, which I bought in Jerome and it was like $25. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's like this thin. It's like a tiny book. And I was like, it's what? How much now? I don't know. Yells Okay. You're not going to find these stories just anywhere, guys. <laughs> no. Holly said, paid $25 to bring yes, that story to you. I'm probably the only one. No. But here's, here's the thing. If you're ever in Arizona, go to Jerome. You'll love it. It is the coolest town. It's just the views alone are worth it. It is gorgeous up there. After Jerome, we headed to Sedona, which is about 40 minutes to the east and is, of course, home to the most beautiful red rocks. You mm -hmm. know, those gorgeous Sedona pictures you see. Right. Um, it's also known for its energy vortexes that hum around the entire region. And it's searing heat that boils <laughs> your blood alive. You know, it's in, in northern summer. Arizona, so it's oh. not as hot as like the Phoenix oh, Valley. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a little bit cooler up there. Um, the vortexes around Sedona definitely give it the reputation as being a place for spiritual healing and paranormal experiences. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Sedona is known for being a very big hotspot for UFO sightings. Yes. There are four criteria that make an area a UFO hotspot. Number one, the area is considered sacred and marked by ancient monuments. Check for Sedona. Check. Number two. There is an energy field within the area that differs from the energy in the area surrounding it. Check. Check. Num number three, there is a military presence nearby, which there is. Oh. Check. And number four, there is a history of UFO sightings in the area or other strange experiences. Check. Mm -hmm. So Sedona checks everything off on that list. Some theories suggest that the UFOs are attracted to the area because of the energy vortexes that bounce off the red rocks and that the ion that covers the red rocks creates a conductor of, of electrical and magnetic energy. We went on a Jeep tour in which our tour guide took us down a very bumpy road and pointed out all the different rock mountains and what they were named. He told us that Sedona sits on tectonic plates that have formed in such a way that it gives easier access to dive down into the core of the earth. And that the UFOs use the Earth's core for energy, which is why you see such a high concentration of them in Sedona. Well, that would so be there's really a cool interesting theory. to think about that. Yeah. They even have UFO tours in Sedona for tourists, <laughs> in which they guarantee you, you will see a UFO or your money back. 
Whoa. Our tour guide even said that he has met numerous Sedona residents that claim to have been abducted by UFOs, and many of Sedona's residents have at least seen UFOs in the night sky. And I totally would have gone that UFO tour yeah. had I known it existed, but we took the Jeep tour right before we left town. So I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Oh, that would on. be so cool. I wonder mm. how hard it is to differentiate something like that in the night sky versus like a shooting star or a meteorite or something And they could like point that. to anything. Mm. They could have their buddy out in the in the desert with a flashlight going, look, there it is. You see it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Sedona has always been steeped in paranormal lore, especially around UFOs. In fact, the Phoenix Lights, which we talked about in a prior episode, mm -hmm. were said to have been the first spotted very close to Sedona in northern Arizona. So perhaps that is the area where the ship came from? Oh, yeah. Know. Also, there is an area in Sedona called the Bradshaw Ranch that seems to have the highest concentration of UFO activity in the area and has now been taken over by the U.S. Forest Service. No visitors are allowed on that ranch. It is believed that the Forest Service is a front for the U.S. military. For what reason? We don't know. It's a good conspiracy theory for it sure. Is. It is. So there's that military presence. That's what yep. I was referring to. Anyway, after Sedona, we headed off to Las Vegas. Now, I'm, I'm Las excited Vegas. to hear all about this. Yes, because you know exactly where I went. I visited the famous Zach Baggins Haunted Museum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you got a t-shirt. I know. It's awesome. Thank you. So, of course. First of all, this tour is long. It took us about two and a half hours to get through the whole museum and you never sit down, which is a long time to go without sitting, I think. And you're an old person. When you're an old person, it matters. <laughs> he had a whole bunch of creepy things in there, like that famous Dybbuk box that I believe you yes. covered in a prior episode. He's got that. Um, that was probably one of the coolest things we got to see because I have seen a lot of paranormal TV shows cover the story of that box. And I believe it originated from Portland. Yes, so that it is, did. That is cool, too. Uh, for those of you who do not know the story, it is believed that the Dybbuk box was owned by a Jewish woman who had survived the Holocaust. She said she was being haunted by a demon, so she managed to contain it to this box. I believe that after she died, was it, did she die and then an antique dealer bought the box at an estate sale? Was that the story? I think so. Yeah. And then he took it to a shop and opened it up. That's when all sorts of creepy things started to happen in his store. He decided he needed to get rid of it and put it for sale online with the disclaimer that the box was haunted. And that's when these college boys bought it and they too started experiencing terrible illnesses and nightmares after receiving the box. Correct? I think he tried to give it as a gift first to his mother. Oh, and she okay. got really sick. And she got sick. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't think. remember. I'm trying all to remember all details. of it. Um, yeah, just mm. go back and listen to our Dybbuk box um, episode. episode and it'll have all the details regarding that. Yeah. Um, they also, the college boys also got rid of the box and whoever got it next also had paranormal experiences. Mm -hmm. It seemed whoever got that box had a bad time of it. Right. So when I saw it at the Haunted Museum, Zach had it in a double glass partition. <laughs> That's how freaked out he is of this box. Well, yeah, because when his friend, he took his friend yeah, on a tour that. and... Yeah. His friend accidentally touched it when yeah, or he touched had Zach. It. They show you a video of the two of them with the box. And yeah, it's weird. But his yeah. life has gone to shit afterwards, and right. he blames it on the Dybbuk box. The box. Yeah. I forget who that was. It's um, Post Malone. Was it Post Malone? I don't remember. I yeah, say so. It is Post Malone. I yeah, think. I think it's Post Malone. 
it makes it look really sinister having it in a double contained <laughs> situation. But you can see through the two panes of glass to the box. Yeah, it reminds me of the Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, Annabelle. Yeah. yeah, Annabelle. Other items of note, he had the devil's chair, which was taken from a case that Ed and Lorraine Warren had assisted in where a boy was possessed by a demon. Eventually, the demon left the boy, but they believed it entered his sister's boyfriend as the boyfriend had murdered his landlord after he dared the demon to leave the boy's body and enter him during an exorcism. Apparently, the rocking chair, which was at the home when the exorcism took place, is possessed by the demon as people have seen the demon rocking in the chair. According to Newsweek, some people who have sat in the chair have ended up with terrible back pain that has required surgery. And in June of 2019, Zach Baggins closed down the rocking chair exhibit as he had a number of people overreact to the chair, which included uncontrollable crying and passing out. So is it just a regular rocking chair? Is that what it looked like to you? Yeah. Apparently, Zach was able to, quote unquote, fix the problem as the chair is back in the exhibit. (laughs) So it makes me wonder if they just do that for publicity purposes. I don't know. Or if there's something to it. So, Other items of interest in Zach's museum were a lot, and I mean a lot, of creepy dolls. Possessed (laughs) dolls, dolls that apparently move on their own, dolls that look sinister and creepy, dolls in which you aren't supposed to look directly into their eyes because they will possess you, stuff like that. Wow. Creepy. He also has a lot of serial killer artifacts like Ted Bundy's ski mask and rape murder kit, Charles Manson's bones or bone powder or something. He has Sharon Tate's wedding dress from when she married Roman Polanski. John Wayne Gacy's clown painting. Oh, yikes. Yeah. We talked about that painting. And Dr. Kevorkian's death ban. Ew. Yeah. Also, it had a lot of creepy taxidermy. <laughs> Super <laughs> of creepy. Of course. Yeah, you always have to add a little bit of that for the ambiance, yeah. you know. It was creepy. Um, and they also said the building itself is said to be haunted and the site of Satan worship. I'm not sure how much of that I believe, but it was also creepy. But I didn't see anything weird. But I did, Carol, end up with a scratch on my upper left leg that I cannot explain. So that was my experience through the very haunted and paranormal Southwest United States. I would suggest this road trip to anyone who is interested in seeing all that cool stuff. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Carol. Those are great stories. Be sure to book your trip I felt soon, like everybody. I was just traveling right with you in yeah. your experience there. Good. So what do you have to tell us about the very creepy gorge, Columbia River Gorge? Well, um, I am going to talk about one of the best areas I feel of Oregon. It's the Columbia Gorge, where you can enjoy beautiful hikes, magnificent waterfalls, and see the majestic views of Mount Hood, all while windsurfing in Hood River, or relax at the cute cafes or brewery with a craft beer. Many blushing brides have had their wedding venues in the Columbia Gorge, my daughter being one of them. That was a beautiful wedding. Thank you. We were surprised to hear from some of her friends and bridesmaids that the venue she had chosen for her wedding had an interesting history and was possibly haunted. Hmm. Even more surprising was the rumors of an aquatic monster that was sometimes spotted in the river, much like Nessie of Scotland. Yeah. So settle in. Because there are so many tales of haunted and historic locations in the gorge. And today, 
I'm going to dive into some of those most famous places. Awesome. I love the gorge. It's one of my most favorite places on the planet. It's just gorgeous. First up is the Columbia Gorge Hotel. And I think I might have mentioned this hotel in the past uh, on one of our episodes, but I'm revisiting this today for you and diving a little bit deeper into the history. It's a 96-year-old hotel. And it has a reputation for being very haunted as well as being a popular wedding venue. And the hotel is nestled on top of a cliff on the Oregon side of the gorge with stunning views of the Columbia River. And it has its own waterfall. Seven acres of beautiful grounds complete with a little footbridge, well-tended gardens, and friendly little ducks gliding in a stream that runs through the property. I know. Quack, quack, it quack, makes quack. you want to go there right now. I do like the gorge. But now uh, remember, River Gorge Hotel. this yeah. hotel, though, isn't all that it seems. Really? It's very yeah. scary and they haunted. They also shot an episode of Grimm there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's what an season? I never really watched Grimm, <gasps> but um, my boyfriend's daughter showed us the episode they shot at the Columbia oh. River Gorge, and I have no idea what season it was. That's so cool. I'll yeah. have to look. I yeah. kind of gave up watching, too, after I was no longer on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, screw you guys. <laughs> I just got busy. Um, but the hotel now is listed on the National Register of Historic Places and was originally built in 1921 by Simon Benson, hmm. a key figure in the development of the Columbia Gorge Scenic Highway. So Benson also um, built the Benson Hotel. Oh, okay. I believe, yeah, yeah. In Portland. So Benson had a vision of a grand hotel at the end of the highway, and he brought it to life in the form of a mission-style red tile roof of the Columbia Gorge Hotel. However, this wasn't the first hotel on this site. It replaced the Wa Gwyn Gwyn Hotel, which had been built formerly in 1904, which had been built formerly in 1904 named after the waterfall that cascades down the side of the cliffs on the property's river-facing side. Over the years, the Columbia Gorge Hotel changed hands multiple times, going through periods of closure and renovation. In 1952, it was sold to the neighbors of Woodcraft, a nonprofit organization, and transformed into a retirement home. Oh, really? I didn't that know that. would be a nice retirement home. Yeah, it would be shit. Yeah. After a million-dollar renovation, the hotel reopened with new owners in September of 1979. And in its early days, it hosted distinguished guests, including presidents Calvin Coolidge and Franklin D. Roosevelt. Wow. Notables like Shirley Temple, Clara Bow, and Rudolph Valentino. Huh. It has had different ownership over the years and recently was undergoing more renovations and expansion in 2019. Oh, nice. The Columbia Gorge Hotel's haunted reputation began to take shape over the years with reports of ghostly encounters and unexplained phenomena. There's a resident ghost named Oscar that will make an appearance to guests from time to time managing the front desk. I like that name, Oscar. I do too. Visitors have also claimed to witness a woman dressed in white, believed to be the spirit of someone who tragically took her own life at the hotel. This apparition has been seen sitting on a park bench outside a bathroom window. Other paranormal occurrences include an explicable sense of cigar smoke linked to a retired resident who passed away when the hotel did serve as a retirement home. Hmm. There have also been sightings of a ghostly child near the area that once housed a pool. I didn't know it had a pool at one time. Room 330 has its own eerie tale with reports of another female ghost whose origin remains unknown. Some guests have even found rooms mysteriously barricaded with random furniture. And a man wearing a frock coat and top hat has been spotted wandering the premises. And it's not just guests who have shared their chilling experiences. 
Employees and staff members at the Columbia Gorge Hotel have also encountered unexplained phenomena. From strange sounds and footsteps to mysterious lights and objects moving on their own, the hotel seems to have a constant air of mystery and intrigue. It'd be fun to go there and have like a murder mystery night. They used to have ghost tours, I think, there. Did they? And I went on um, TripAdvisor to Mm -hmm. see and I couldn't find any tours. Maybe they don't do that anymore because they don't want to associate themselves as a haunted hotel. I know, but it would be so fun. Hmm. That would be fun. One interesting recent tale I found was recorded by a family who stayed at the hotel in April of 2023. Oh, just just now. Yes. Okay. Describing the day as a picturesque spring afternoon when they arrived. Describing the day as a picturesque spring afternoon when they arrived, they were unaware of the supernatural encounters that awaited them. There was something a bit unsettling with the Art Deco tile flooring, but while they got checked in, the man whose name tag said Josh, J name. Josh. Mm -hmm. Josh, were you there? Josh. Put them at ease with his friendly greeting and helpful nature. Noticing a strange flashing light in one of the upstairs hallway, a family member went back down to inform Josh at the front desk of the issue. But something very strange happened. The young adult at the desk now had a different name tag that read Oscar, the very name of the ghost so often rumored to haunt the hotel. Hmm. The family also noticed peculiar smells in some rooms and even glimpsed a man in the lobby with a small dog and a black bowler hat. Hmm. It was as if they were participating in a different era. Hmm. The night brought sleepless moments for the mother and daughter with sounds of footsteps, laughter, and voices coming from upstairs despite being on the third floor. Weird. Yes. And I think it is odd that Oscar, the ghost, looks just like the former man that checked them in with the name tag Josh. So maybe he was pranking them. Maybe. What do you think? Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Another couple who was unaware of the hotel's reputation, they found themselves on the second floor enjoying the scenic view of the water. However, on the second night, peculiar events unfolded. The motion-censored light in the room turned on three times during the night, even accompanied by the sound of a door creaking and closing. Mm. Temperature shifts further added to their experience. Despite these occurrences, they found the historic hotel charming and its grounds lovely, leaving them with no qualms about returning in the future. A brave soul in 2021 embarked on a birthday trip to the Columbia Gorge Hotel, booking one of its most haunted rooms, room 328. Mm. From the very beginning, the front desk attendant warned of paranormal activity. See, they're setting it up. Yeah, they are. Stating it, it is the room that most of their housekeepers complain about weird phenomena, which only fueled the guests' excitement. Sure. As the trip unfolded, they encountered numerous ghostly interactions. From shadowy apparitions and whispering voices in the restaurant to capturing eerie figures in photos and experiencing cold spots, Well, this adventure had it all for them. He, the birthday boy, captured children fingerprints on the mirrors and heard giggling. In their room, it was filled with unexplainable phenomena and shadows, making for the best birthday trip ever. I bet. That'd be so cool. He was super excited. (laughs) Uh, One couple recounts their chilling honeymoon experience who unknowingly checked into a haunted room at the Columbia Gorge Hotel. Their blissful stay quickly turned sinister when the room became unbearably hot and they witnessed horrifying images outside their window of bloody faces of a woman and man. The husband experienced an oppressive force pushing him down into the bed, leading to a hasty departure the next morning. The encounter left him gravely ill for weeks. 
he had to go to the hospital and get a shot of penicillin. He thinks there are many dark spirits in that hotel and his room was a portal allowing the intense negative energy in the room. Sometimes visitors will notice that the hotel have roped off entire sections or blocked an entire floor of the hotel from its guests, claiming they are doing so for renovations or some repairs in that area. But rumors claim they have to do that from time to time when the paranormal activity is too active. Ugh. It does seem the hot spots in the hotel are mainly located on the third floor. In 2020, another very strange and frightening occurrence took place at the Columbia Gorge Hotel. A sensitive guest, accompanied by her husband, stayed in a room on the second floor. She had a terrible dream of a heavy black mass hovering over her nightstand. When she went to investigate the mass, it turned into thick smoke and her room was on fire. Huh, Waking wow. up from the dream, she was really shaken. And she questioned the staff about a possible fire in the room's history, but the hotel staff had no answers. This mysterious incident, unexplained but forever etched in the guest's memory, adds another layer of intrigue to the hotel's haunted reputation. In 2018, another guest spoke of their experience saying, quote, I saw a human form walk around the foot of our bed and to my side of the bed, and then suddenly I couldn't move or speak. So it seems, Holly, that night terrors or sleep paralysis is sometimes experienced in this hotel. Yeah. Thank God I didn't know that when we stayed there for my daughter's wedding. Sleep paralysis <laughs> is the most horrible thing to experience. Yes. In two thousand, yes, in two thousand sixteen, a man reported that his wife experienced the sleep condition, saying she couldn't move, speak, or open her eyes. Oh. She was in a total frozen state. That's so scary. Yes, and at the same time, the man also reported that he woke up when something felt like tugging or sitting on the blankets on his side of the bed huh. that made his legs tingle and crawl. Ew! How scary! That is scary. Oh. One couple's honeymoon turned into a hellish experience. Unbeknownst to them, they checked into a room at the Columbia Gorge Hotel that also had a chilling reputation for being haunted. What was supposed to be a romantic and blissful honeymoon quickly took a terrifying turn. The couple settled into their room unaware of the eerie presence that awaited them. As the night grew darker, they started experiencing unexplainable events that left them shaken to the core. Strange noises echoed through the room, accompanied by flickering lights and an icy chill in the air. The bride reported waking up in the middle of the night to find her husband sleepwalking, muttering incoherent words that sent shivers down her spine. He was probably saying words like, I'm going to kill you. I <laughs> <laughs> hope not. <laughs> I'm going to empty out your... Your bank account. Bank account. Yeah, Sign no, this, I don't please. Know. Sign I don't this, know. please. Doors creaked open and shut on their own accord, and objects inexplicably moved from one place to another. Despite their fear and unease, the couple mustered up the courage to confront the hotel staff about their supernatural encounters. To their surprise, the staff members listened intently and shared their own ghostly encounters within the hotel. They were assured that their experiences were not isolated incidents and that many guests had encountered the paranormal during their stay. Leaving their honeymoon behind, the couple checked out a night early from the Columbia Gorge Hotel, their hearts heavy with the weight of their haunted experience. Yeah, I bet they were. 
Like check out early too. I don't care how beautiful it totally. is. Totally, the Columbia Gorge may have left them scared. I think Holly, but it also left them with a wonderful story to tell. Sure, yeah. you know I love good stories. They're like not going to forget that, are they? No. <laughs> and let me tell you about. And you, I would say, if we can survive our honeymoon, we can survive yeah. anything, <laughs> right? So let me tell you about some more scary stories from the Columbia Gorge. There are so many tales that give you the chills. Have you heard about the Columbia River sea serpent? No. So they say it's a massive creature about 40 feet long with a long neck and a snaky head. So people have been spotting this creature since 1905. Really? It's named Colossal Claude. Isn't that <laughs> a cute nickname? Claude. That's hilarious. I, I can't imagine what I would do as a windsurfer seeing something like that in the water. <laughs> I know, right? I'm that like, would what? be like, what? Here? <laughs> in the Columbia Gorge? Oh, weird. Well, you know what? Maybe it got dragged in by one of the many ships to come up and down the river. Maybe. From the ocean. Yeah, maybe it's like it a in. dead carcass that Ew. kind of Ugh. floats up every now and then. Mm, but that's not all. There are also stories of ghosts haunting uh, another one of the landmark hotels in Hood River. Oh, you know what? They, pro- they probably think it's one of those prehistoric Like Nellie, Nessie. Yeah. Whatever. I forget what they call the that. monster. Mm-hmm. Like a pterodactyl. Dactyl something. <laughs> I think those are flying dinosaurs, well, but yes, the ones that live in the water, whatever yeah, they're called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me tell you about the Hood River Hotel that's okay. also in Hood River and is supposedly haunted. Okay. It was built in 1888 and it's located at 102 Oak Street. This historic hotel is the oldest inn in town and rumored to be haunted by a former owner, Ms. Olabel, who owned the hotel for 30 years and supposedly haunts room 319. 319. It's all about floors with threes. Yeah. Have you noticed that in ghost stories with hotels? It does hotels? seem like threes show up quite a bit. And like the same numbers over and over again, like 311, 319. Right. It's strange. Huh. And there have been some pretty eerie things happening there. You've got in this hotel disembodied footsteps, phantom phone calls when there's no one at the reception desk, hmm. and doors that open and close all on their own. Huh. Spooky stuff, Very right? spooky, yeah. Well, how does it look? What does the hotel look like? This is what it looks like. Oh, yeah. I think it, we've seen it before. It just looks like a brick building, uh, building kind of like an apartment building. But it looks like it's been nicely renovated inside, so... Mm-hmm. I actually came across a review from a guest named Kathy W. She stayed at the Hood River Hotel on August 7th, 2018. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, her experience was something else. She and her daughter were looking for a room because their original reservation got messed up. Okay. So I think they were booked at a different hotel. And... Probably the Columbia River Gorge and it was too haunted. <laughs> Oscar was up to his tricks. He was like, oh... Let's lose this reservation. Bolo Hat Man was like, can I help you ladies? <laughs> well, they thought this hotel looked cool from the website, so they decided to check it out. Mm-hmm. When they arrived, the hotel did seem a bit run down, but still had that small town charm to it. Kathy asked if she could see the available room before making a reservation, and they had no problem with showing her that. Okay. They got this old-fashioned key on a brass tab. I love that. And went up to the third floor since the elevator wasn't working. Oh, Ooh. Ghost, Broken ghost, elevator. Ghost, ghost, ghost. Uh, the maids were cleaning rooms and everything seemed normal. But as soon as Kathy unlocked the door to room 310, things took a turn for the terrifying. As soon as she stepped inside, she was hit with this wave of pure terror. I mean, we're talking about hair-raising, heart-pounding fear. Wow. She couldn't even go past the doorway into her room. Oh. 
The bedroom looked dark and there was another room with a long table to the right, but she couldn't say anything particularly scary. Mm. Yet she panicked. Just this uncontrollable fear came over her. So she grabbed her daughter and they practically ran out of there screaming, go, 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 get out. Can you imagine being that terrified That's that you just crazy. have to run from the hotel? That's just a strong, bad feeling about it. It's like, so strange. Geez. Later, Kathy went back to the hotel bar to calm her nerves with a couple of whiskeys. Because, well, who wouldn't need a drink after an experience like that? Probably because she found out there was no other rooms other than that one left in the <laughs> hotel. She was like, I need these drinks to get me back to that <laughs> room. The, night, the yeah. only available room. I'm not driving three hours back nope. to where I came from. No way. And get this, there are other people who actually seek out room 310 because they love staying in haunted places. I think I think a lot of people would be into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There well, are I'm many, not sure I would, but yeah. No, <laughs> me either. There are many guests who've had their own encounters with the resident ghost. Take this person who stayed in room 321, right next to the maid's closet. Hmm. Both times that they stayed at the hotel, they said the ghost made her presence known. The doorknob would turn by itself footsteps would be heard and even her suitcase got rummaged through one night hmm. well that's just the staff <laughs> it is by the maid's closet after all but um this person wasn't scared though they mentioned being psychic and feeling that it was just lonely you know it was just a ghost having some fun hmm. i mean psychics know these things yeah i guess there's also a very creepy story from around 10 years ago when someone stayed there and they had a shared dream with oh, their partner really i love this one. that's crazy yeah so they both dreamed about a cowboy at the foot of their bed touching their feet and then pulling out a revolver oh shit yeah they both woke up at the same time screaming just as the cowboy was about to shoot them oh my god scary stuff that is scary yeah they were so freaked out they canceled their second night yeah it would be too yeah, i wouldn't want to be woken no up with way. a revolver ah uh -huh, no if you're interested in exploring the paranormal, you should check out Margie's Outdoor Store located in Benjamin, Washington. It is on the opposite side from the town of Hood River. Uh, and it's a fascinating place that showcases all the paranormal events and sightings in the gorge, including Bigfoot and Bigfoot. other mysterious creatures. Yeah, they have this giant map on a wall that pinpoints the locations of all these supernatural encounters. Really? And if you have, yeah. If you have your own paranormal experience, you can file a report there without any judgment. They even have exclusive arcane adventure maps that guide you to the region's most intriguing and mysterious paranormal hotspots. I we love that. We need to go. I know. We've got to do that. It'd we've be so got fun. to do that. That would be so fun. Yeah. Um, another spooky story that is talked about and referenced at Margie's Outdoor Store revolves around a monstrous animal known as the Clicky Tat Ape Cat. <laughs> Can you say that three times fast? I, I wanted you to say that with Transigali, trans, trans, Allegheny, Transigali, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say it again. Clicky tat ape cat. Clicky tat ape cat. Clicky tat ape. Clicky tat ape cat. Clicky tat ape cat. Clicky tat ape cat. Over and over again. Word. Clicky tat ape cat. Okay. A creature that has been reported in the area for over forty years. It's a long time. And it's a cat? It's, it's, a, it's an ape cat. These sightings describe a large, muscular black cat with a long tail. I love that Fuck it says it's yes. muscular. We've got to go. I know. What's so strange is that Pacific Northwest cougars, like we're supposed to have cougars around here. Yeah. They're not ever supposed to have black fur, though. That's not native to well, Portland. Well, that doesn't mean it's a cougar. You mean the ape cat? The ape cat. They think it's a cougar. No, it's not. 
Okay. It's a leopard. Well, all right. Well, some re- <laughs> or a panther. It's Panthers a panther. Are black, right? A black panther. Some reports even mention the creatures being enormous, as tall as five feet at the shoulder. Can you pet it? No. No. It's got really intelligent eyes and a flat face resembling a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> like this? Like this? Okay, our our <laughs> our people. <laughs> No, it doesn't look like that either. That's a monkey body with a cat face. You have it reversed. Wait, it's a monkey face with a cat body. (laughs) Just go with me on this. Just go with me. It's an imaginary creature that isn't seen at the zoo. There are even stories that some believe that when they see them, they vanish very quickly. So they might be paranormal in nature or skinwalkers. Skinwalker. Yes. And there's stories from different cultures around the world about, like what you said, supernatural black panthers. But these panthers are sometimes depicted as powerful protectors. So let's hope the clicky tat ape cat is Do you think it hangs out with Bigfoot? Probably. They're probably pals. Yeah, clicky cat, cat, cat. Yeah, so if you're brave enough, you can visit Margie's outdoor store and learn more about the clicky tat ape cat. And they have, you know, so many places where you can perhaps encounter them. Margie's outdoor store is a must-visit attraction in the area. Uh huh. Yeah. Moving on to another love it chilling story. Yes. This is a personal experience who was shared on ghoststoriesofamerica.com by an individual who grew up as the daughter of Mexican migrant field workers. Many of the jobs came with complimentary resident housing, which in some cases was a trailer or old cabin. But during one summer, their family was given a beautiful home to live in in Benjamin, Washington, mm. which thrilled the family. Right. However, they soon discovered that the house was haunted by something malevolent, Mm. hence why they were given the free home. Ah. Yes. Many eerie incidents occurred that summer, but the most terrifying one involved the storyteller who was just nine years old at the time. While babysitting their two-year-old sister and five-year-old brother, the storyteller noticed three large decorative bottles of colored water sitting in the window, orange, green, and blue. They shook the green bottle and watched the sediment float to the bottom. Suddenly, a prickly sensation crawled up their neck as something blew softly on it. Hmm. In the same instant, the green bottle slipped from her hands and shattered on the floor. To their horror, they rushed to the bathroom only to find their little brother and sister mimicking cutting motions at their necks and singing a haunting song while they were having a bath. In the bathtub. Okay. It was really crazy. Huh. Like, why would they be doing that? Little toddlers, like, making the cut symbol across their necks right after she dropped the bottle. So you think the bottles were there as a protection device? And they dropped them? So therefore, therefore the protection was over? Or a curse. And then the kids were like, oh, you guys. No, it's like that curse. Remember I said, like, bottles? have curses in them and then when oh, you break glass so it's like the dipic box it released the curse it released it and the kids were like you're next Ew. like Shh, creepy you're gonna have your neck cut so are the kids the killers no they're just possessed <laughs> i don't know it's a scary story <laughs> but she said you know that was one of many terrifying encounters that she had in that dreadful house but that's the only one i could find on the website Ew. in the realm of cryptids the clicky tat ape cat, though, is the best one. It has garnered significant attention. More than 60 reports of sightings have been filed at Margie's Outdoor really? Store in less than a year. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
And their so, fur is yeah. four to five inches long. So somebody saw something. Mm -hmm. They reported it to Margie. She probably named it the Clicked Cat Ape Cat. And then other people go, oh, shit, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on this and say my own story. But mm -hmm. who knows how many of them are legit or not. Yeah. Strange electromagnetic disturbances happen. Sudden battery failures and compasses giving strange readings have been reported in the presence of these cats. Huh. So there's more than one? Well, yeah. Sometimes there's groups of cats that come out. Groups of cats. Groups of cats. Wit Isn't that called a litter? <laughs> <laughs> Witnesses also claim the creatures can vanish, you know, like poof, further add adding to their supernatural nature. I said that they just disappear. Well, thank you, Carol. That yeah. was fantastic. That oh. was really interesting. We've got to go out there and do we are going to do a road that. trip. Yeah, you should bring all your cats to see if we could attract uh, the big cats because your happy cats to do, that. do attract big cats. In yeah, the they yard. do. They have lots of boyfriends, and there I will go. gather as many cats from the neighborhood that want to go, and we'll get in the car and we'll go out there. Sounds good. That'd be great. Us cougars. <laughs> Us cougars. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. My thing. Um, our order is on its way. No, right. <gasps> yum, yum. Okay. So we got to put this on pause while we get our Grubhub. It's not here yet. Oh. So we still have some time. Okay. All right. It was built in 1926. The hotel was wrong. Oh, that's our Grubhub. Okay. We'll be, we'll be back. In the book Haunted Jerome by Patricia Jump, um, blah, 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 blah. In the book Haunted Jerome by Patricia Jump, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it it is it is a hoot for sure. Yes. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.